This is Pastor Aaron at Oasis Baptist Church, and thank you for checking us out online. I pray that this message is an encouragement to you. Well, I am praying that I'm not coughing for the next 40 minutes. So I'm looking forward to the series uh, that we are kicking off this morning, uh, the question mark of right and then truth. In a world of opinions, I don't think there's any question in, the, in any of our minds that we live in a world of opinions. We live in a world that everybody has an opinion. Uh, everyone's always had an opinion, but now we just have social media. We have all of these things that everybody can now voice their opinion and let you know how intelligent they are and how unintelligent everybody else is. And so uh, I, I start this morning with this simple thought if you want a debate and an argument, just begin to ask some of your friends and ask people that you know what is truth. This conversation is for sure to have uh, a fun debate, and it's not something that is new in 2019. If we go back to John chapter 18, Jesus said to Pilate, to this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Pilate then responds, and he's responding not like, hey, I really want to know this. He's being like many today, being cynical, being sarcastic, and he says, well, what is truth? This debate and this question has been around for a very long time. Today, millions and millions of pilots cynically ask the same question, what is truth? Some would say there is no truth. Some would say that truth is just simply relative or subjective. It's your own opinion. Others just flat out deny the fact that there's any way that we can have absolute truth. The honest situation, I believe, at hand is that we... Human beings have believed and do believe that mankind can put together some form of a system, some form of a philosophical idea that we can kind of fix everything. I believe that we, have, we as humans feel that our human reasoning, our human our minds, we can kind of reach this utopian place if we would just do all of the things that we can come together with and put together, everything would be okay. We can solve the problems. And this has been happening for thousands of years. These same things, these, these same uh, conversations, I believe, have been happening for thousands of years. If we can just figure out that system through education, through science, through reason, through all of these different things, we can eliminate the need of religion. We can eliminate the need of a higher power. We can then do it ourselves because we can fix it. We as people can, can do this. I think some of the natural ways in which we would look at this, we would see that it's being done through government, it is done through education, it's done through all kinds of different authoritarian regime type of things, but yet then come war, then comes things like the Holocaust, then, then comes things like uh, mass shootings, 
All of these different things come and completely blow away the thought that we can fix everything. And so then we have to go back to the drawing board and we have to figure out how, what other things can we put in place so that we can fix this so that it doesn't happen again. Do we not watch it all day, every day, all over our news? Because we're looking for something that is going to do what? It's going to fix everything. Put us in this little box to keep us safe. This truth. So when we realize that death and war and bad things are not being fixed... Truth comes under fire, especially the possibility of knowing absolute truth. Here's the reality. Sinners, human beings, people, especially people that don't know Christ, want to do whatever they want to do and have zero guilt, zero accountability, in doing what it is that we want to do. Listen, the reality is there's people in this room that would say, I love Jesus, that have zero desire to have anybody hold them accountable. Because in our human minds, in our human reasoning, it's, it's, it's hard for me to let you into my world to hold me accountable to things that I like that I know I probably shouldn't do. And so when we get into some of these things of, of truth and, and, and some of this, and I believe that I'm going to take this to a place, and I don't know if it's going to be different than what you're expecting, but when we begin to deny the existence of absolute truth, we throw away all forms of any kind of biblical morality. We think that that would be okay. However, here's what we are finding, and here's what we have found, <coughs> excuse me, for years and years and years and years and years, is that as we throw away God, as we throw away biblical morality, as we throw away absolute truth according to God's word, we are more empty and we are, we are more destructive <coughs> than we could ever think or imagine. Many would say there's no timeless truth. It's literally whatever works for you. They might say truth is only something that is a societal norm, that, is, that are created by the culture in which we live, and thus, thus we become very pragmatic in everything that we do. Everything becomes about relativism. Well, whatever is relative to the circumstance and situation. Everything is relative today. We can't any longer say male or female because it's relative to who it is. The reality, though, is it's not. That's reality. <clears throat> but with this viewpoint, we find it easier to do what I want and to have no accountability. So... We come to where we are in 2019. And what is the greatest way that we have to learn today? Some of you have these trainings in your workplace. You have to become tolerant. I have to be tolerant of everything. 
Because if there isn't anything that's absolute and it's all relative to everybody, then the thing that has to happen is we all just have to learn how to be tolerant unless you are the one that lives with an absolute truth. We can't be tolerant of that. Why? Because God is convicting people and that's not good because we don't want to be held accountable. So what do we do? We take... We make everything tolerant. We make everything, all of those. And then we just push everything else out. Where is all of this most notable for us in our culture? It's in regards to morals, especially sexual morality. With no truth, truth, we must be tolerant of all things. So in rejecting any form of absolute, we also reject the absolute path of freedom. Here is what we must understand. Without truth, we really don't have much of anything. Without, much of, without truth, we have nothing. You can't even define many things without an absolute truth. If I were to stand here today without an absolute truth, I couldn't even speak to you on love. Because without truth... We don't even have love. Because there can't be love without truth. Without truth and understanding what truth is, I can't teach you on grace of God, the mercy of God, the love of God. We can't, there's no, where do I go from? Because if it's just relative, then grace would just be relative, and mercy would just be relative, and love would just be relative, and everything would just be relative to what you would think or what I would think. We have to go back to a place of truth. And here brings you and I into a culture where there's so many points of view, there's so many different things, and we begin to scratch our head. There's many viewpoints. My intention with this Today and next week, as we'll look a little bit more into a biblical worldview, the following week I have a guest speaker coming in. It's not that we would just be argumentative, that you're going to go back to your workplace and you're going to tell everybody how wrong that they are and all of those things because then we're going into the whole thing of speaking truth and love, which we'll actually deal with towards the end of this. But the reality for me is this. I am not an apologist I don't really think like an apologist. These types of sermons and series really make me like twitch. But what my desire is, is that we as a body, <coughs> as a church, would strive to know God's word. That we would know biblical truth. And then Form our lives around biblical truth. John 8 says it this way, and we'll read this in just a moment. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We must answer a couple questions this morning, which I'm going to do my best to answer with and for you. Where do I find truth? What is truth? And why do I need to hold truth so close to me? So why don't we go to John chapter 8 this morning. We're going to look at some of these 
simple thoughts that we looked at, things that you all face every single day, questions that might be posed to you on a regular basis. I don't know. If nothing else, you watch the news, and if you're like me, you get annoyed at the news. You get angry. How could somebody kill a baby at X amount of months at any point? But it becomes really, really real at what we're facing today. The thought that we're talking about today of truth becomes really, really real when there is no truth and it's relative to you and whoever else wants to live it. And I have no form of place to, where do I start? When there is no place to start, then I can do anything that I want. That is what we're facing. That's what we're looking at today. Why do you get angry? Because you have a place to start. You get frustrated because you have a place to start. We get frustrated with them because we think, how could you not see this? How can it not drive you crazy like it drives me? Because they have no place to start. You look at a foundation from the Word of God, hopefully. If not, I would love to build that. But when I look at something from a foundation, from a, a place to start, and I'm trying to argue with somebody that has no foundation, of course I'm going to get frustrated. But here's our problem. We just argue and argue and argue, and we get angry, and we say, you know what, you're worthless, and we say dumb things. Social media is one of the worst things ever for Christians. I believe that with all my heart. More people hate God now than ever before because of social media, because people cannot keep their mouth shut. Is it a great tool? Yes. But man, we got a problem with, I guess it's not our mouths, it's our fingers, because we say things that we would never say to things, people in person. Anyway. That's a whole nother. John chapter 8. I wish you guys were up here. This is the most quiet church service I feel like I've ever walked into in all of my life. You're just like, I don't know if it's like, I'll take it like it's just so good and captivating, that, but I don't know that that's the case at all. John chapter 8, verse number 31. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever." If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Father, I come to you. Lord, I pray that you would use your word, the word of God, this morning to work in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Where do I find truth? Where do I find truth? I believe as we begin to look at this topic and we begin to, to think about some of these things this morning, I feel that at the foundation of all things, what we are talking about is completely attempt, being attempted and is really succeeding to happen. Is that we have eliminated the reality that God is who God has said that He is and that God has done what God has said that He has done. We can find truth everywhere. Everywhere. 
if we, find, if we get back to the place of recognizing, see, God has done a couple different things. We would call this, uh, and I'm going to do a very, very poor job of uh, some, some theology, doctrine stuff, but general revelation. God is revealing himself to us in several different ways. He's done that through creation. God's word tells us in, uh, in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. God's creation speaks of who God is. It speaks to his glory. It speaks to his power. It speaks to his authority. It speaks to who God is. God's word speaks that if we, don't, if we have never been shared the gospel... That through God's creation, we can see God and we can be pointed to God. So in truth, one of the, the, the foundational things is that we would look at this and we would say, well, God is everywhere. And because God is everywhere, I could find truth because the heavens declare the glory of God. Romans 1.20, for the invisible things <coughs> of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. From, it says, the invisible things. So because God, the creator, created it, it even says that the, the earth, the, the, the glory of God's creation would show his eternal power and Godhead. In creation, God declared his power and authority. But society has done all that it can to destroy that. I would venture to say there's people in this room that do not believe that in six days God created the heaven and the earth. When we deny God's creation, we have denied God's power. Thus, we've denied God's authority. And when we've taken away God's authority, who then is the author of truth? Because if God wasn't powerful enough to say, boom, it happened, and God isn't the creator, then who has the authority to call truth, truth? So what do we do? We take it away. Our children are taught that there is no creator. And if our children are taught that there is no creator, then they are also being taught through a system of education, that there is no truth. Because who would be truth? Well, I am truth. Because I am, at this point, now I become God. And so when we begin to look through these things and we begin to think of this, we are setting in motion to take away God's power, God's authority, because if there is no God, then I have nobody to be accountable to. I can do what I want, so therefore it's relative, and you just got to be tolerant of me. So when we look at these, there's natural laws that are set in motion, are there not? The laws of gravity. Why are the sun, moon, and stars, and all of the planets, why are they not just falling and crashing and going everywhere? Because God has set things in motion to make those things happen. God has designed, there's laws in science that everyone said those are, they're not going anywhere. 
That's because God designed it that way. God authored it that way. God created it in such a manner to point to a creator. Where do I find truth? It's in everything. It's in his creation. Think about you and me. God designed you and I to have a desire to be in relationship. God designed you and I to have a desire to worship. Why do people worship trees and grass and the moon God and the sun God and the this God and that God? Because it's in us. Romans 2 and 15 says it this way, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also (coughs) bearing witness. We know right from wrong. We were born and created in such a manner that in us we know right from wrong. Truth is available to be found. It is not hiding away in a secret little place. But it's already been stated we would much rather sin and do whatever we want than be accountable. If there is truth, then there is a standard And one of the things that I don't fully grasp that's difficult for us to to take a a hold of is that not everybody will grasp and understand it. Not everybody will come to know Christ as Savior. Not everybody will grasp a hold of the Word of God and go, oh, I get it. Not everybody will do that. 1 Corinthians 2.14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. Maybe we are asking the wrong questions. We are looking for, I, I believe, in, in, and I'll, I'll get into this in a more, uh, more throughout the, the rest of this sermon. I believe in many regards, we are trying to argue with somebody a truth in the sense of this is the law and this is the box of truth. And we're just trying to argue as Christians for the sake of having an apologetic argument. Because truth, people just want, they want, I can't tell you that this, this, and this is wrong because I just think it's wrong. But that's what we're arguing. Truth isn't just about arguing right and wrong. If truth was a matter of arguing right and wrong, then God's word would have laid out every little detail of every little thing that we ought to do. The color of your hair ought to be, how short should it be, how long should it be, should you do this, should you do that, should you go in this place, should you go in that place. No, but God did not do that because God gave you freedom. But he said the truth of God would set us free. And we'll get into that in just a a, a moment. I got to, I'm really confused. I'm like, it's so quiet, like. We're looking for a standard of rules that we can all go by. John 8, again, says, If ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth. Where do I find it? This passage of Scripture says, If you continue in the word of God, then you're my disciples, and you will know truth. So a very short answer it would be God's word. Yet the struggle is that everyone won't grasp a hold of God's word. Because they won't continue in God's word. Because this, the... the As we just looked at, the the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. So when we begin to look at this, we see that God gave us revelation, that we could see it through his creation, through the word of God, through people, through the preaching and teaching, through personal study, etc. The Holy Spirit working and tugging on our hearts, waiting for our response 
but ultimately the Holy Spirit revealing the mysteries of God to us. As we look at truth, I believe we need to understand that this isn't a topic of debate and argument towards a law or a set of rules. This is deeper than any of that, and it isn't found anywhere but through God. John MacArthur says this, and I thought this was a great, great statement. Truth is really only subjective, that which is consistent to the mind, will, character, glory, and being of God. It is the self-expression of God. Truth flows from God, thus truth is theological. Truth is also the way things really are. God is the author, the source, the determiner, governor, arbiter, ultimate standard, final judge of truth. So this morning, this first thought, I don't know that I answered the question perfectly, but as we continue to flow through, I believe that it all comes together. Where do I find truth? First and foremost, we must think, we have to step back. God created in such a manner that we find truth in everything. We find truth in creation. We find truth in one another. We find truth, ultimately, we look at truth in God and God's word and so on. The second thought, what is truth? The never-ending question is, what is truth? It's been asked going back to John chapter 18. It's been asked before that. Webster's 1828 defines it as this. Conformity to fact or reality. Exact accordance with that which is, which is or has been or shall be. A true state of facts or things. And then there's 13 other different definitions mentioned for truth. So I could go with some of this and I could go, okay, there's fact. This is black. Truth. We can go to things of that nature where we can look around and we can go, okay, that is this and therefore it's truth. It's fact. That's a part of this. But when we begin to look at all of these different things of truth, we see that the conformity to fact or reality, accordance and so on and so forth. But truth is polarizing because truth only comes from God. Truth is polarizing because truth only comes from God. Psalm 31.5, the Lord God of truth. Deuteronomy 32.4, O Lord God of truth. John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. If we were to scroll down to verse 14, it says, the Word was made flesh, and then it says, Full of grace and truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing what? The word of truth. Psalms 117, Psalm 117.2 The truth of the Lord endureth forever. These go on and on. John 17.17 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. The passage in John says, if you continue in my word, and again, we just read all of these passages, if we continue in his word, it says what? Thy word is truth. But as we look at that, it says that you are my disciples. This is this. If you and I would continue, remain, abide in God's word, that we would rest in God's word, that is in faith and obedience, as I read God's word, I believe by faith and I 
That points to action. When I do that, then I am his disciples. And as I do that, one of the things that I gain out of that is I will understand and know what? Truth. See, I, maybe I'm just, I'm, I'm off in my, my thinking this week. Because I haven't been feeling well and I've been coughing too much and my brain is rattling. I don't know. But as I was reading this, this is one of the things that jumped out at me. Truth then is, it's a gift. Truth is a gift. Because it comes not just willy-nilly. I just didn't find this. But as I was taught the Word of God, as I studied the Word of God, the Holy Spirit allowed me to see and know Him better, I began to experience truth. And that truth of God's Word began to free me from the inside out. It says, then you are my disciples. A disciple, what is a true disciple? One who continues in obedience to God's word. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You are my friends if you do what I command, John 15. The one who keeps my commandments abides in him and he in him, 1 John. These verses go on and on. So when it pertains to truth and what truth is or even where we can find truth, truth is found in God's word. But it's also made clear as we abide in God's word. We begin to comprehend the truth. That truth isn't a standard or rules. Have you ever been told by anybody, I don't want to be a Christian because I don't want to just do the rules. Right? I don't want to just have to, I I don't want to not be able to do this and not be able to do that and not be able to do this. I don't want to know truth because I don't want to, I'm, I'm finding this thing and I don't want to abide by all of these rules. And that's what people look at. They look at God as this God who's just coming, he's going to reach down and say, you can't do all of these things. No, the reality is the complete opposite. When I find God and I find truth, I recognize I don't want to do any of those things because those are all the things that are killing me. Listen, if you've went through it, for a lot of people the last couple years have been tough but I've counseled I've watched I've witnessed I've seen it time and time again when it gets bad and next thing you know I'm boozing out and I'm drunk every single night do you know that person isn't living the life When you eliminate truth and you eliminate accountability, you are more destructive. You're not more free. When I look at these things and we begin to get this, truth, we're not arguing a right and a wrong standard of living. I'm not arguing with somebody that believes in abortion that they are wrong and I am right. Because I'm arguing, I'm discussing in my mind, I'm thinking what we ought to be thinking. It's not that they're wrong. And I've got to win an argument about how dumb somebody is because they could think that that is the right thing to do. 
there's no foundation. And when there's no foundation, I can do what I want. But for you and I, we look at that and we see it differently. And if you're wanting to argue the, the right and wrong, we're arguing it different. Because we're trying to fight a fight and win an argument. We're not trying to love people to Jesus, to the truth. Anyway, so we're, where can we find it? <coughs> <coughs> truth, again, is an apologetic argument. The hard part that I struggle with is I don't understand, and this is just, I hope if you're a believer that you might have these same understandings or misunderstandings or not misunderstandings, but God, why? I don't understand this piece. In John 14, 17, it says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Have you ever just thought, God, why? Because he says that he would call us to him. If you know Jesus Christ, God, God just knocked. Hey, Aaron, Aaron. He just sat back and he just kind of knocked on the door. And what did he do? Did he barge in? No. He kind of waited for me as a child to grasp and understand a little bit of what this was. The truth that I was a sinner. The truth that I needed a savior. The truth that God was the way. And he did it for all of us. But he just knocks. And when we read this passage, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Have you ever just thought, God, why? Why can't every person just see this? There's been times where, because I'm not God, but he's given us that choice. He's given us that freedom but when we look at these things, that's a struggle for me at times. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. The Holy Spirit will guide us into truth. John six forty four. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. And I will raise him up at that last day. We're drawn to the Lord. And as we draw, we recognize our sinfulness. We recognize his perfection, our need of being saved. We never grasped truth until our eyes were opened. And as they were open, as they were being opened by the Holy Spirit, then I begin to see truth. For some, that's a slow process. For others, it's something that's happened quickly. We have to remember and continue to share and to go, and to be about God's business. Second Corinthians says that we should uh, be about the spirit of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, that we would tell people that they need to be reconciled back to God. First Peter 1.23, it says this, it goes, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever, as we continue to press into this last point this morning. The word of God is truth. And the word of God abides forever. And though I may not understand why my neighbor who I share Christ with may not know come to Christ. 
or what may I, I may not understand why this person or that person, I may not grasp all of these things. Here's one of the things. When we look at God and we look at the truth and we begin to grasp that truth is God, it is timeless. The word of God abideth forever. Where do I find truth? Through Scripture, through God. Truth has been revealed to us by God, through creation, through Scripture, through His Son. None of which contradicts itself. All of which are perfect. All of which points to the Father. All of which are timeless. This morning, (coughs) when we look at all of these pieces, where do I find it? What is truth? Again, I I feel like I'm touching on a piece of it. There's probably 8 million other verses somewhere that I should be hitting on that I've not hit on. But God is truth. The Word of God is truth. The Lord God of truth. I am the way, the truth. And it doesn't stop because we're in a different generation. Well, it's 2019 and, you know, it's just times have changed. Yep, they sure have. But sin is still sin and wrong is still wrong and right is still right and God is still God. And regardless of though that our our technology has changed and things have changed, I'll just be real honest. People are people. And people have always been people. The struggle today is still the struggle that Adam and Eve had in the garden. Because people are people. How many of you have been asked the question, how do you raise your children in Las Vegas? And I ask and I say the same thing every time. Do they do bad things in your city? Well, yeah. There you go. Is it different? Sure, my culture is different than your culture. But people are people. And for all times, and God's word is God's word. I got to go. Why do I need to hold truth so close? Again, this might be my own way of thinking as I've read this passage of scripture. But I truly believe as I was studying this, and this hit me like Friday afternoon or something. Man, maybe I've just been looking at it all wrong. Maybe I'm trying to, to fight a debate. I'm trying to win this thing. I'm trying to, to look at all of these things. And again, no, truth isn't up for debate. But when I look at this passage, John 8, 31 and 32, Jesus then said Jesus to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We have looked that if we continue and remain and abide in my word, if, ye, if we have faith to believe and act, we are his disciples, then you will know truth. Sin brings about nothing but bondage. When Jesus, uh, as we continue through, and I'm not reading all these passages of Scripture, but if you were to continue to go through and begin, if I were to go verse by verse through this, Jesus hits on verses 33 and 34 that everyone who commits sin is a slave of sin. 
obeying God's word and knowing truth, we have spiritual freedom, freedom over lies of the enemy, freedom over condemnation, freedom over judgment, freedom of, uh, spiritual, over spiritual death, sin. Why did Jesus come? To liberate the lost, to liberate the sinner, to set them free. Luke chapter 4, 18 and 19, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. If I'm, not, if, if, I don't, if I'm not enslaved to anything, I don't need to be delivered from anything. He came to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Paul says in Galatians, it was for freedom that Christ set us free. We have been so, we're looking at truth in this sense that I just want to fight with you about it. No, truth is a freeing thing because we have to understand that I've been in bondage to something. So many people don't understand that they're in bondage to anything. They're enslaved to anything. Therefore, they don't recognize that they need truth. I'm doing just fine. I used this analogy a couple weeks ago, I think, at a, at a funeral service. Was that I went out on a boat, and I've told the story in Haiti, and Andrew was there, and uh, Dan, whatever your name is, that guy. <laughs> <coughs> I looked right at you, and I just completely could not think of your name. He only works with me every day. Um, but there were several of you there. We went out on this boat. We felt okay. Now, granted, I was a lot nervous going out on this boat that I could pretty much see everything that just, yeah, it wasn't an American-made boat. How's that? So, but I felt just fine. Do you know up until the point that a wave would have came and tossed me out of the boat and put me into the middle of the ocean, I would never have recognized my true, true need of needing saved. In the middle of the ocean, while the waves are crashing, I would have completely been going, somebody save me. Prior to that point, I'm good. If you've been on a cruise line, you don't realize you're even on a boat. You're enjoying food. You're enjoying a perfect night's sleep because it's just so... Now, some of you are like, ugh... But when something bad happens, you're really quickly going, I need saved. I need something. So many people, we're fighting a truth fight of right versus wrong. It's not a right versus wrong thing. It's a theological, spiritual thing that some won't understand. But we as believers have better grasp a hold of the fact that when God says the truth will set you free, I believe it's a genuine salvation gift that God gives us that we begin to see. I once was enslaved. I'm no longer enslaved because that's what God was talking about in this passage of Scripture. Jesus was talking about. Sin brings bondage. Jesus tells them they aren't slaves politically. Rather, this is spiritual freedom. What did all of they want? Jesus was going to come and save them from the political power of the, the Romans, right? And they were really mad that this king, Jesus, Messiah, didn't just go, pow, and all of them were gone. They were angry at Jesus. That's why they were trying to kill him. 
He wasn't setting them free from bondage to the Romans. He was setting them free from what? Salvation, from sin, eternal destruction. Why should we desire to hold it close? Why should we have a desire to know and share this truth? And I believe this. (coughs) Truth isn't a set of guidelines. Truth is genuinely a freedom. To be a slave is to be totally under the control of another and unable to free oneself. Sin, like a cruel taskmaster, controls every aspect of an unbeliever's life, enslaving that person. While these Jews thought their religion and relationship to Abraham united them to God, Jesus pointed out that they had no relationship to God. As slaves to sin and deceived about it, they desperately needed to be set free from their spiritual bondage. The only way for sinners to be released from sin's grip and penalty is to be united by faith with Jesus Christ, who in his death and resurrection provides deliverance. Having then died to sin in Christ, it will no longer be their master. Sin will no longer be their master. They will become free to the servants of God and righteousness. This morning, I really don't know how to gauge the feedback here today because it's been very, very quiet. Hopefully thoughtful, and I'll take it as it was just so intriguing that you're just taking notes. But in all seriousness, I believe that we look at this thought of truth as a thought of argument as the thought of right and wrong, as an apologetic type of a theme. And yes, all of those things are there. But at the end of all of this, when we look at this, truth is God, His Son, and the Holy Spirit. Truth is not just some set of rules. It's not because of truth a guideline of rules that I can or can't have an abortion. It's not because of truth, uh, a, a set of rules that I can or cannot do X, Y, and Z. It's not because of that. I've said this to teenagers, and I'll close with this. When you go down the freeway, the speed limit is posted. And though we hate the speed limit, because if I go over it, I can get a ticket. The reality is, Minus the speed limit, minus stop signs, minus stop lights, minus all of the laws that we have on our streets, you would not be free in your car on the freeway. But because of the laws that are there, because of the, the, the 45 mile an hour speed limit, the stop sign, the stop light, and so on and so forth, I have freedom to drive. Because I'm not as worried of the people around me. Does that make sense? There's a freedom in knowing those things. I know the truth of all of that. I have the freedom to do what I need to do. When I look at this, obviously that's not a spiritual connotation. 
But knowing God's word and knowing God sets us free. And it's not just a list of do's and don'ts. Charles Wesley stated it pretty awesome. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin (coughs) in nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off. My heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. This morning, have you accepted the truth of salvation? That God loved you, that God gave His only Son for you? Maybe this morning you're a believer and I would ask you this question. Are you living in the freedom of God's Word and God's truth? Are you resting in God's Word? Are you abiding in God's Word and you're allowing that to make you free in everything that you're doing throughout your day and throughout your life at home and at work and so on? I don't know if this is what you thought you were going to have today. If you thought you were going to go back with some apologetic arguments for your people at work. But I believe that God's word is clear on his truth. And that it should be freeing. That it should provide joy. And that we should rest in his word and live in truth and freedom. Again, thank you for checking us out online. If you have never been to one of our services, it would be such an honor to have you as one of our guests. If you have made any decision today, our staff would love to celebrate with you. Would you please email us at info at oasislv.church.